Hey everyone, welcome back to the More Plants podcast. I'm so happy to have you here listening in today. In last week's episode, I talked a lot about the physical changes you might experience when going vegan. And today we are again talking about those initial days, weeks, or months as a new vegan when it comes to emotional changes you might go through, whether or not it's normal to experience difficult emotions, sadness, or anxiety when you first switch to a plant-based diet. Hi there, and welcome to More Plants, a vegan podcast by Bramble that helps you start, continue, and enjoy eating plant-based for your health, the animals, and the planet. I'm Kim Sujawalski, your host and certified plant-based cook and educator. In this podcast, you'll find all the practical tips, resources, and support you'll need to make your journey easy and sustainable, no matter where you are along this path. To learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog, visit bramble.com. And now, Let's dive into today's episode. There are so many resources when it comes to our health and some of those physical changes one might go through. We hear endless talks about improvements in blood work, changes in digestive health, among others. But going vegan is a big, big shift when it comes to your eating habits, especially when it revolves around the relationships that fill your life, as well as making sure the new diet is satisfying, fulfilling, enjoyable for you. Today, we're going to tackle those emotional aspects of making this change, and with each one, I'll be sharing my top tips to help you navigate anything that needs a little course correction. The biggest change I experienced when going vegan was precisely in the emotional side of things. When I first went vegan, I felt so incredibly positive and hopeful about the changes I was making. I felt that I was doing something that helped other beings. And as a huge animal lover, this was a very big deal for me. I felt great about helping the planet and I was having lots of fun experimenting with new foods. And of course, my number one hobby, which is cooking turned into this even better and brighter adventure. I was like a little detective trying to find ways to recreate all of my favorites. Veganism kept me busy, engaged, happy, cheerful. It physically made me feel great and full of energy. And as I've mentioned many times before, it made me a very self-conscious, not very assertive, shy person start practicing being different out in the world, speaking my mind and advocating for myself, which in turn made me practice the one thing I was needing the most, and that was confidence. In spite of it being huge in me being able to be more assertive and stand up for what I believed in. And in spite of all the wonderful ripples eating more plants can bring to your life, going vegan can sometimes come with its challenging moments due to the fact that it's a change that is so deeply tied to our emotional and cultural connections. I mean, there are some aspects of your life that will need some adjustments. And I wanted to make sure to cover some of those emotional challenges in order to give you as much support and encouragement as I can in today's episode. Now, before we begin, I have an important disclaimer, and it's that this episode is meant as support and is for informational purposes only. It's the personal experience I went through and some of the stories I've heard from our readers, our listeners, and our students through the many years in which we've been doing what we've been doing at Brownville, all in the hopes that it helps you feel a little less alone and especially guides you to getting the help you might need from a qualified physician, nutritionist, therapist. It is never meant to substitute individual medical or mental health advice. Sometimes 
all we need to start finding support is to hear the experiences of other people who are walking the same path as us and That's precisely the idea behind today's episode. We're going to get right into it, but first a note from our sponsor for today's show. This episode is brought to you by our online course, The Roadmap. The Roadmap is an online course that will help guide the way if you're newly vegan, thinking of becoming vegan, or wanting to take more steps in this direction. Module by module, we take you by the hand through every step, covering topics like finding your motivation and having the right mindset when making this change, to how to build a nutritionally balanced plate, how to shop, prep, stay on budget, plan your meals, travel, get organized, and navigate every social situation as a vegan and so many others. There is no stone left unturned, and we do it all with that approach you love so much, in which missteps are welcome, and there is no such thing as perfection. And of course, it includes the most delicious recipes and menu ideas. There is so much more included in this course, so head on over to brownwell.com forward slash the roadmap to watch our video trailer, to see the full list of modules, lessons, and recipes, pricing, and more. Again, that's bramble.com forward slash the roadmap. Now on with the show. We're talking a lot about emotions today and food. And I want to start by talking about the misunderstanding of emotional eating. Although I'd like to discuss emotional eating in a separate episode all on its own. And it's something we've covered in many posts at bramble.com. Because there's just so much to say on this topic, we need to talk about it today because food is so intertwined with our emotional selves. For many of us, food has meant comfort, sometimes solace, oftentimes a distraction from difficult moments. It's true that we need to start feeling our feelings and let food just be food, but it's also true that we are emotional creatures by nature and that food is inextricably linked to that. Food is such a big part of our culture. It's part of celebrations, moments shared together, cultural narratives, family traditions. It's linked to us feeling better and comforted from the moment we are born and cry because we're hungry and get comfort and sustenance from our caregivers. All the way up to wanting something sweet when we go through heartache in life, or we want to snack on something crunchy that will distract us during moments of anxiety or stress. This is all part of being a normal human being that finds food pleasurable, distracting, and comforting. And there's no wonder that when we're faced with a big change like going vegan, emotions are shifted and the pieces begin to move. Being attached to certain foods is normal. It's how we've managed to evolve and survive from a biological standpoint. Going through any dietary change can challenge you emotionally, but after helping many people go vegan through the years and after going through this change myself, I've sort of managed to see some areas in which we can place a bit of closer attention so that this transition isn't as challenging emotionally. Going vegan should never be creating anxiety, sadness, or difficulty. And I will do my best to give you some tools today, but know that having emotional attachments to food is normal. And the idea is not to go into a battle against yourself, but to put in new habits that will work for you specifically and slowly but surely also begin to find coping tools other than food so that emotional needs are met while still understanding that food as comfort is also sometimes a part of normal eating and will also be a part of the picture. Another thing I want to talk about today is releasing what I call 
magic vegan thinking. (laughs) Through the years, I've grown increasingly worried with the promises and expectations many advocates are placing on a vegan diet. I've watched films and read blogs in which very well-meaning advocates talk about a plant-based diet as a way to cure and prevent all major diseases, as a way to cure depression or anxiety disorders, and so much more. You know me (laughs) and the issues I have with these types of claims. Every single person is different. And although a plant-based diet could provide great changes in your health and feelings of well-being, we need to stop looking at it as a magical diet and just focus on it being a way of eating that we ourselves need to tweak and adjust to meet our specific needs and find the place that is right for us individually. This is so important. No two of us are the same and our own individual needs have to be the ones that mark the pace and the changes and the adjustments we need to make to help a vegan diet fit into our lives and not the other way around. We also need to respect our bodies and take any medication that is required if we have a specific condition. And with that, we need to accept that perhaps our minds and emotional selves need special attention and care, just like a diabetic needs their insulin. Our mental health should always come first, and we need to make sure we're taking proper care of it, either through medication, therapy, or other forms of treatment or a combination, and that includes the way we treat ourselves and the pressures we put on ourselves when making this change. So let's talk about emotional changes after going vegan. Are they normal? In a nutshell, yes. (laughs) But also, it depends. If you're struggling with mental health issues, I think it's always very important to mention you are embarking on this change to your healthcare provider or a qualified therapist to really get the help and support you need so that they're aware you're embarking on this change. However, any big changes in our habits, especially with something as deeply social and connected with our identity, both personal and cultural, not to mention our taste buds and relationship with food, it is bound to shift some pieces and could possibly make us feel anxious at times or sad, upset, overwhelmed. How could it not Think of when we change jobs, move to a different city, have a baby. All these major changes can make us go through emotional changes that are sometimes stressful. And the same is true here. When it comes to the dietary change itself, I'm going to share some of the common causes of stress or difficult feelings that I've found through the years in our students and some tips that will help you navigate them. So let's start with the first one, maybe the most important one, and it's being too restrictive with food. I see many new vegans making the mistake of being too restrictive with their food intake. The outcome can have two sides to it, both leading to stress, anxiety, and difficult emotions. On the one hand, going beyond the already inherent restriction present in a vegan diet can feel daunting. It can feel like all your favorites are being taken away from you, and restriction itself is a source of stress for us humans especially if we feel it's being imposed on us by the expert du jour, quote unquote, expert du jour, without listening to our own bodies. On the other hand, this can also lead to not getting the nutrients we need as vegans, a low calorie intake, which can lead to low energy levels, often interpreted as apathy or sadness or additional stress, and even health issues due to nutritional deficiencies. If you've decided to eliminate animal products, but also, 
all processed foods, gluten, sugar, soy, oils, starches, fats, just to name a few, without a medical necessity. I am just here to tell you that there is another way, one that is more gentle on yourself and through which you can absolutely find health and balance in spite of hearing other vegans doing something differently. What worked for someone else might not work for you and what works for you might not for someone else, even within the context of a vegan diet. So here are some tips. Make sure you're eating enough and listening to your body's hunger cues. Remember that there is no such thing as a perfect vegan. Make changes at whatever pace is appropriate for you and make sure you aren't feeling deprived by still making all of your favorite meals, but in their vegan versions. Here, our membership program, My Bramble, is a great resource. We've got so many delicious vegan recipes and cooking classes to help you achieve delicious and nutritious variety in your diet. And that is very, very important. But there are also recipes out there on the internet just for pretty much anything, any cultural foods you miss, anything that used to be in your diet that you still want to make space for. Take it a step at a time. Try not to add additional restriction to the already inherent restriction present in a vegan diet. Unless you have a specific intolerance or an allergy, something like celiac disease, a specific condition, all foods can be a part of a healthy and balanced vegan diet and they can help you feel pleasure with food and not add any stress while you make this transition, especially in the beginning, but also throughout your life as a vegan. Having said this, of course you have body autonomy and that you'll be able to gauge how you feel best. And this answer is going to be slightly different for each person. And you can, of course, experiment with what works for you. So here's an additional tip. If you are making any further adjustments to your diet, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is the way I'm eating something that I can sustain in this manner for life? How will I feel in a few weeks, months, or years down the line and in a myriad of social situations? If the answer or the mental picture that comes up brings about stress or the answer is no, remind yourself that even if your motivation is health, positive health doesn't necessarily require a militant regime of allowed foods and forbidden foods, that there is no food or meal that in and of itself will make you sick, unless you, of course, have an allergy to it. Um, so see it, at, you know, see if and where you can add some flexibility so that the positive changes you're making can accompany you for a lifetime. That is my wish for you. And so that they can accompany you without added anxiety or excessive worry. This is a good question to ask yourself throughout your journey when it comes to food and even with something like exercise. When we're looking for permanent positive change, the way we do things is just or perhaps more important than what we're doing. Now, the next struggle is not eating enough experienced as a lack of energy. Being low in energy is one of the first things that puts me personally in an emotional downward spiral, and it can not only make us anxious about what could be going on, but it can also lead to feelings of worry, lethargy, a feeling of lack of motivation, and even sadness. So I want to give you some tips for this. Make sure you're eating enough. You can use the Vegan for Life food guide as the main tool to help you understand how to build a balanced plate without over-obsessing on perfection. And please remember that all of the links I am mentioning today will be in the show notes. 
Start paying attention to your hunger and fullness cues. Plant-based foods are in many cases lower in calories, and this could mean you might need to eat more frequent meals, larger meals, and that's perfectly okay. Make sure you're keeping your mind and body well-fed and energized. Another common struggle is not getting the nutrition your body needs or feeling unsure about how to eat and worrying excessively about nutrition. Although we don't need to over-obsess over every morsel of food that crosses our lips, understanding the basics of how to build a balanced plate and get the nutrients we need as vegans is very important. This means that we do need to pay attention to our general nutritional needs until it becomes second nature. Although there are many sources of the nutrients we need to thrive in plants, I mean, you can find all of them except for vitamin B12, which is a necessity in the form of a supplement. We'll get into that in a bit. But I am not on the vegan team that says, just eat a varied diet and you'll get everything you need. I don't think it's as automatic as that. It will be a huge help to understand what the biggest sources of highly absorbable nutrients are. And just make sure to include plenty of those sources in your diet and supplement when needed. There is no need to overly worry or feel anxious or obsess over these nutrients and measuring or weighing our food. And a great way to do this and a great way to get familiar with our needs as vegans. My favorite resource, as I've mentioned, is the Vegan for Life Food Guide. It was created by registered dietitian nutritionist Virginia Messina and Jack Norris. Following some very simple guidelines you can ensure that your body is getting the nutrients it needs to be healthy and also happy and balanced, leaving nutrition anxiety or worry aside. So some tips in this regard, apart from the guide that I mentioned, which is a visual image of sort of how to build your meal, similar to the food pyramid. Another great resource is the new edition of the Vegan for Life book by registered dietitian by registered dietitians, Virginia Messina and Jack Norris. This is my go-to Bible when it comes to vegan nutrition. Highly, highly recommend. Make sure your intake of protein is enough through lysine-rich foods. Legumes are kings in this department. That includes beans, lentils, peas, soy milk, tofu, tempeh, soy-based meats, peanuts, and peanut butter, as well as iron, especially if you're still within menstruating age. Here, the kings are foods like beans and greens, and this nutrient is better absorbed by the body when paired with foods that are high in vitamin C. Calcium is another nutrient we need to keep an eye on. Think calcium-fortified non-dairy milks and other products, calcium-set tofu, dark leafy greens, especially kale, bok choy, collard greens. There's also a good source in broccoli as well. There are many other nutrients, of course, you still need to keep in mind, but these are just sort of, this is just a little opener into some of the things we want to keep in mind and make sure to check out all of the resources I've mentioned for all the other nutrients that are essential and important and where to find them in the plant kingdom. Another tip is to get regular blood work done to check for nutrient levels and supplement when needed or make adjustments in the diet when needed. Always take a vitamin B12 supplement or eat foods fortified with vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 deficiency is directly linked to conditions like dementia, depression, and nerve damage, and is especially important if you follow a fully vegan diet or you're over the age of 50. I'm sharing a fantastic chart that will guide you as to how much vitamin B12 to take according to your life stage 
and age, and it will be hugely helpful if you're just getting started on this journey. Special attention should be taken in the case of omega-3 fatty acids, which have shown to help with depression and the correct functioning of our nervous system, among with many other vital functions. We're going to discuss this next. Stick to a nutritional resource is my next step. The most reputable and balanced I've found to date is the work of registered dietitians Virginia Messina and Jack Norris. They have wonderful books, including the books Vegan for Her and Vegan for Life, and their comprehensive evidence-based free websites are unbelievably chock full of information. You can rest assured that you're in good hands and there is no need to be overly concerned, worried, or obsessive over numbers or excessive monitoring of food. It's why I love their balanced approach so much and all you need to learn are a few basics, put them into practice and then they will be second nature. You won't even have to think about them. Very helpful. And we also share in our resource library at brownbull.com a few great dietitian nutritionists that specialize in other areas that you might want to check and that we've mentioned previously in the show. Now, I briefly mentioned omega-3 fatty acids. It's very important connected to the topic of today's episode. Not getting a good source of DHA and EPA, which basically means omega-3 fatty acids, can be a common struggle. So it's something to keep in mind. DHA and EPA are essential for brain health to help with depression, nerve health, etc. And they're therefore important to keep in mind when planning a well-balanced vegan diet. And they're especially relevant for today's topic because we're talking a little bit about mental health. So some tips in this regard. One way to include these in your diet is to include a regular intake of either ground flax seeds, flaxseed oil, chia seeds, or walnuts to ensure we're getting their precursor, alpha-linoleic acid, also known as ALA, from which our bodies are usually able to produce EPA and DHA. As a fail-safe, however, especially if you've struggled with depression or have a family history of depression, it might be a great idea to supplement EPA and DHA directly. In addition, not in exchange of, but in addition to the ALA sources that I just mentioned. Since our bodies make the, you know, the transformation of these nutrients from ALA into EPA and DHA in different ways. And this could mean lower levels for some people. And sometimes it's very hard to know if we're one of those people. So by taking a supplement, if you've struggled with depression or if you want to have a little nutritional insurance, which this is what I do, you're giving your body a little edge and a fail-safe since we don't eat the same perfect diet every single day. Another common struggle, common, (laughs) and I hope that things are changing with time as the word vegan becomes more and more mainstream, but a common struggle is dealing with an unsupportive partner or unsupportive family members. This is a frequent cause of distress when going vegan. It's been perhaps the most common thread among the struggles that our students have had through the years, dealing with the reactions and may I say strange reactions I received from friends and some family members when I went vegan really threw me for a loop and also caused one of the biggest hurdles I've had since going vegan. 
it can be difficult to suddenly have people commenting on our eating habits. And sometimes well-meaning concerns can also take a turn into aggressive comments, rejection from others, jokes, lots of opinions. In the case of having unsupportive parents, if we are, for example, teens or young adults still living at home or unsupportive partners, it's completely normal to feel disappointed, to feel anxious, isolated, upset. It's hard. It's hard. You're going against the grain with this change and that takes some adjustments. So here are some tips. Remember that other people's reactions to this change are not about you, but are actually about the resistance they have to possibly making a change in their eating. It helps so much to reassure your partner that you are making this change for you and that time together will stay the same, traditions will change slightly, but that you're still you and that you have no expectations as to what changes they might or might not like to make. Having said this, Don't preach or rely on any outcomes when it comes to your partner going vegan with you. And I'm I'm mentioning partners because it is often the hardest hurdle, but you can substitute parents, roommates, colleagues at work, friends, other family members in where I'm saying partner. Don't think that your partner is a bad person for not wanting to join you in making this change. Same goes, like I said, for anybody else. Everyone has to go through their own journey with food. You can lead by example, but keep an open mind and respect your loved one's time with this. Ask for respect in return since you and you alone are the boss of what your plate should look like. I also want you to think of it as a simple choice you've made. This is often so important when dealing with the struggle. The more you talk about this change with ease, the more at ease your partner or loved ones will feel, slowly but surely adjusting to the idea and getting used to a new routine and new dishes that might be served when you bring something to the table. This is very, very important, and I find it so helpful. So often, the reaction we get is sort of a bit of a, it has this mirror effect on how we're presenting the information and the apprehension we sometimes have. So talk about it and share it with ease. It will get easier. (laughs) We have so many posts in our blog, so many, and videos within our YouTube channel to help with very specific tools to help you navigate the social aspects of being vegan. In our course, The Roadmap, there is a full module of lessons dedicated only to this. Another common struggle is feeling financial pressures due to the new diet change. Although changing your diet to incorporate more plant-based foods doesn't have to mean spending more money necessarily. People always ask me if we spent more money or less money when making this change. And I always tell people, well, the money you spend is going to depend on the products you buy and the comparison is going to depend on what you used to buy. It's not a fact that you're going to necessarily change the money that you're spending each month. If we've been basing our meals, for example, on inexpensive fast food meals or convenience foods, there could be a stressful shift in our finances when switching to any kind of diet that includes more fresh whole foods, not to mention some of the vegan products like veggie cheeses, meats, things like that, if we decide to include them. So it really depends. But 
I'm going to give you some tips in case you are feeling a little bit stressed out in this department. The biggest one is to do what you can. Even if this means your finances don't allow for a fully vegan diet right now for whatever reasons, there are also so many reasons related to our access to food, our access to fresh fruits and vegetables, depending on where we live. So if your finances or your circumstances don't allow for a fully vegan diet right now, every small change helps. And taking care of your emotional well-being when going through difficult financial times is just as important as your physical health or trying to do the best for the planet and the animals. It's one of those core important things. Do what you can. Learn some tools and tricks to help you include more of these foods in your diet without adding to your financial burden. Like, for example, looking for budget-friendly recipes. There are many books and resources out there specifically designed for money-saving tips and, and recipes and cooking. This can help so, so much. Other things that you can do are shopping for beans, lentils, and whole grains in the bulk bins at the store. Fruits and vegetables that are in season are much less expensive. Choosing frozen options when available sometimes are much less expensive. These plant foods are often much less expensive than the animal-based products. And saving money can also happen, and it has happened to so many vegans I know. And it is... It just really, truly depends. And you can make this change fit your budget and not the other way around. Take advantage of sales of those vegan alternatives if you enjoy them. And especially be clear about your budget and sticking to it when you shop for foods, knowing where to maximize savings. This is the biggest part about keeping your budget in mind. Be kind to yourself and pat yourself on the back for any changes you're making in spite of the financial struggle. With time and with practice, choices do get easier. Every change, no matter how small, can create an impact as well as inspire others along the way, meaning your impact gets added to their impact and their impact to someone else's impact. And this goes a long way while you're still making sure you're being kind and respectful of your own financial means and possibilities. Now, another struggle that I have to mention because people think that they have somehow gone bionic when they make this change, but it's to miss animal-based non-vegan foods. This is such a normal part of the process and it can throw you for a loop at first. I love to see the shock in people's faces when I tell them I've sometimes had cravings for certain animal foods. It doesn't make me a bad vegan. There is no such thing or an imperfect vegan because there is no such thing as a perfect vegan. It makes me human. And oftentimes what lies behind the cravings is the memory of the social connections we had with people through food or sometimes the simple taste and textures of familiar foods we used to love. This is normal. I'm going to give you plenty of tips. First one, make sure you're eating satisfying meals that make you feel happy, joyful. There is no need to say goodbye to your favorite dishes because you can make practically anything vegan. I also want you to explore some of the vegan alternatives such as vegan cheeses, meats, ice cream, milks, yogurts, egg replacers, and the like, and include them in your diet. 
always make sure that you are not depriving yourself of the foods you love. There is no reason you should ban some of these store-bought alternatives since your body will naturally start wanting and craving a variety of foods, fresh whole foods included, provided you give it access to them. So you're going to be filling your place with delicious fresh fruits, veggies, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes. And you'll also be enjoying some of these familiar alternatives that will make the new diet easy to stick to, pleasurable, fun, familiar, all of those good things. Not to mention, by the way, The fact (laughs) that these products are often great ways to ensure meeting nutrient requirements such as protein, iron, vitamin B12, because these products are often very high in them or fortified with them, and they can actually be an ally. So let your diet be filled with variety. Satisfy your cravings by exploring new cuisines and recipes. And again, you've got our online program, if you're a member, with so many, I mean, hundreds, we're nearing 500 recipes at this point. You've got our free breakfast and brunch course for all you breakfast lovers out there, as well as our free course, Tofu Mastery, with many delicious classic versions of all-time favorites made with one of the oldest vegan alternatives known to man, and perhaps the one I eat most often, and that is tofu. Last tip in this regard, remember that there is no such thing as the perfect vegan, that if you had something that contained animal products, this doesn't mean the vegan police is going to come over, reprimand you, and tell you you're kicked out of the club. See this change more as a continuum of choices where you are allowed to take detours and get back on the path as many times as you need to, and that with each detour, You'll learn more and more as you go and find the balance that is right for you. I have had my fair share of imperfect vegan meals or foods through the years, many by accident and some by necessity, and that is fine to say and more than normal to experience as part of your journey. Let's talk about a tough one in a different way, and that is the struggle of feeling sadness or grief after learning about the suffering of animals. I get it. I can completely relate to feeling terribly upset after seeing the images and the footage of the suffering of animals in our food system. Our exposure to this information and especially to the visual images can range from anger to sadness to even trauma, especially if we begin to work as activists and are in constant contact with the realities these animals face. This is what made me go vegan, and there are images and footage that have never left me. So I have some tips for you if this is something you've been experiencing. Treat yourself with kindness before and after watching any footage that includes any form of animal cruelty if you choose to watch these images. Have someone who you can talk to who understands how upsetting these images are and who can help you feel a bit hopeful in spite of how upsetting this can be. I've found so much support in the simple act of having like-minded vegan friends. And for years, this meant other activists or vegans online because I knew zero vegans when I made this change. Still, I knew that I had my peeps and they were one click away and they got it. Another tip I have for you is to know your boundaries and limits when it comes to violent imagery. 
don't force yourself to go beyond these limits, especially if you've already decided to go vegan or are trying to make more vegan choices. As a personal example, I watched so much footage before making this change and sometimes I encounter it again and I bear witness again. And sometimes I encounter it and I can't put myself through that again. Carlos, my husband and Bramble's co-founder, went through a similar journey before going vegan and now chooses not to watch any longer as he keeps eating and shopping according to those values. Some vegans have never watched footage like this. Others have. For me personally, this is just me, it was the thing that made all the difference. And I know that it has helped me stay vegan all these years. So what I have to say about this is find where you stand and stay true to what you need and what you can handle. Another tip I have is to always balance the negative imagery with positive imagery. And sometimes the positive imagery will do the trick. It will, you know, sometimes beautiful videos or photos of rescued animals in farm sanctuaries who you'll soon see are just like our dogs and cats. Sometimes this in and of itself can help you get inspired to make changes. Make sure you infuse a bit of hope to the upsetting messages and images we're often exposed to when we go vegan. As with all of these tips, of course, get support and talk to a professional whenever you feel the need to. Another common struggle is expecting a certain outcome after going vegan and not experiencing it. And here it can be a myriad of things. It can be something like weight loss, clearing of acne, anything at all. I blame this one on the countless advocates that make global promises when it comes to individual bodies and switching to a vegan diet. So here's my main tip. Release magical pill thinking or magic pill thinking. We sometimes go into a dietary change like this, expecting everything and the sun to change when it comes to our bodies. The truth is that no diet is perfect or magical in and of itself and by definition. And so it's important to take a change like this step by step and with plenty of compassion for ourselves, especially when it comes to the way our bodies look or the overcoming of conditions or disease. Veganism can bring about great changes, but it's not a magic cure for everything. With time, patience, and a little experimentation and plenty of awareness of our own bodies, we can start finding a balance that helps us feel our best without putting so much pressure on ourselves on eating perfectly in order to achieve a perfect outcome. This is very important. Another struggle that some people may or may not experience is feeling isolated or alone. Sometimes, especially when encountering a lack of support in our family system or with friends, we can start to isolate ourselves. We feel more comfortable skipping the office potluck or the family gathering than having to answer endless questions or smile when a joke is being told at our expense. Isolation can certainly bring about feelings of anger, sadness, depression, anxiety. So it's very important to try to step out into the world, even when it feels a little scary. So I have two articles in the show notes that will help with very in-depth tips. One is about the importance of finding community and companionship and understanding why it's so important to feeling well and at peace along with lots of resources and places to find 
like-minded vegans online or in your area. And I also always remind you, there is a non there is a let's say vegan support community within the non-vegans you already know. There are friends and family members who you might not have noticed or or you might not be aware of at the start that are perfectly happy supporting you and understand what you're trying to do, even if they don't make this change. And often it is our community, our inner circle that we need the most. So this is also important. The second article that I am linking to is a little bit regarding what some of my main struggles were when I went vegan and how to navigate some of those common social events when you eat in a different way and how to find support on your journey and and so much more. So make sure to check those out. Let's talk now about feeling sad because of missing the quote unquote, right here, right now, anything goes way of eating. This is the last struggle I'll be mentioning in today's episode. I can be a spoiled little kid sometimes. I blame it on only child syndrome. I remember that when I first went vegan, I would have these internal tantrums when I was at a coffee shop and I wanted a piece of cake and none of them were vegan. Or I went to a restaurant with friends and I got sort of angry internally that they had 20 items to choose from when there were only two veganizable options for me. As humans, we hate the word no, and we hate that feeling of restriction. This can feel especially hard if the people that surround us aren't especially supportive. Here's the bottom line. When I went vegan, no one forced me to. I made this choice because I wanted to try to eat in a more sustainable way, and I didn't want to cause more pain to animals when I knew many people wouldn't make this change or wouldn't be able to make this change, but that I would be able to. This was a choice, not an obligation or a doctor or government imposed regime. When I realized that this was a choice, when I started navigating the world looking for vegan options I would enjoy... I started seeing them everywhere. It was a shift in mindset. And we talked about mindset and that elephant in the room in last week's episode. And I highly recommend listening to that one. But it mindset was such a key that completely just shifted everything. When I made this shift in mindset, I started finding options at non-vegan restaurants. I started finding my voice and asking for what I wanted or needed and found out that most people are happy to help. I started exploring vegan restaurants where the entire menu was for me, finding vegan stores and learning how to make everything I loved with the simple switch of an animal-based ingredient for a plant-based one. Not to mention the fact that in the years I've been vegan, options have multiplied at a staggering speed. Fortunately for animals and for us vegans, the world is quickly changing And I mean quickly changing. I cannot keep up with the options and restaurants available where I live nowadays. The world is quickly changing and giving us the products people are asking for. Soon, deprivation had left the building for me because I realized this had been a choice. It wasn't that I couldn't have the bacon and eggs. I chose to have something different, but just as yummy. 
when we feel and look for abundance, I firmly believe that this is what we encounter. And when we fall off the path we want to be on, nothing happens or changes and we can get back on. It's as simple as that. It's not about being perfect or a food saint. It's about doing what you can at whatever speed, pace, or level you can find your balance in, making sure to always take care of yourself in the process, both physically and mentally, and getting support and help from a professional whenever it is needed. Always remember that veganism is kindness, and that needs to begin with you. I hope this episode helped you in navigating some of the difficult emotions that are not only common, but completely normal when we're attempting any change that goes against the current. I hope that if it's been an uphill battle for you until now, you start using some of these tips and using the resources I've shared and get professional support when needed to start finding peace and happiness with your choices and making this change with ease. There is one big aspect of mental health related to food and eating that we didn't get to cover today, and that has to do with people who have struggled with disordered eating or an eating disorder and wanting to make this change. This is such a nuanced topic that we will have episodes dedicated exclusively to this, so keep your eyes out for that. I know that in the past two episodes, we've talked about some of the things that can go wrong or that may need adjustments. So I wanted to make something very clear before we're done for today. Going vegan has been one of the most incredible, life-changing, life-connecting, health-promoting, and most spiritually and emotionally special changes I've ever made in my life. It's been over 10 years since I've made this change, and I thank my lucky stars every time I remember the first books, documentaries, and hard, hard information that made me take the plunge. I wouldn't be here a decade in if the journey had been difficult or uncomfortable or if the things that were hard didn't have some simple fixes. Anything you go through has so many ways of being tweaked and adjusted until you find your sweet spot even if imperfect, and we will always be here to support you along the way. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in our next episode. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us reach more people who are interested in making more vegan choices and need some support. Remember that you can find all of the show notes, links, and many additional resources for this episode in the description below. And of course, don't forget to visit bramble.com to learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog posts. Till next time, everyone.